today on the Rising Coaches Podcast. I'm not in the industry, mm-hmm. right? Oftentimes I say, even people ask like, man, you're leaving a great job in order to pursue college. Why would you ever do that? And I said, listen, my goal when I started coaching was to be a division one college head coach. Like that's the ultimate goal. Like that's where I want to be. Like I, being, standing up on that sideline is a thrill. And I've, I, I put in my mind this, you can't get in the game if you're not on the bench. So a lot of times I felt like I'm not on the bench. That's why I can't get in the game. Even with the division three and the NAI jobs that I've, that I've interviewed for guys that were dobos or video guys, or guys that don't have the experience of walking the sideline, calling a timeout. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. There's a lot of guys that has been hired as first time coaches that have never called a timeout before they became a first time coach. Thanks for listening to the rising coaches podcast. This is Adam Gordon. Today's episode is a special edition of our Members Spotlight. Each week we select four members to be spotlighted and get to know a little bit more about them. What makes them tick, how they got into the profession, and what their career aspirations are. As the saying goes, it's not about who you know in this profession, it's about who knows you. To be considered for our Members Spotlight, simply join Rising Coaches. Visit risingcoaches.com and sign up for a membership today. All of our members get an opportunity to participate on the member spotlight. So please consider signing up so that we can get a chance to get to know you a little bit better. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and please follow along with what we're doing on risingcoaches.com. All right. Welcome back to another edition of the Rising Coaches member spotlight. Joined today by Travis Lewis. Um, Excited about today's show brought to you by Lucio Sports. Um, Lucio has a suite of apps that helps integrate technology into your program. Uh, they do it all. Uh, but the product that I'm most excited about, um, is their whiteboard app, which allows you to take an iPad into the huddle during timeouts, uh, and show play diagrams instead of drawing up all kinds of crazy squiggly lines. Um, you can get through, uh, a play animation uh, three three to five times in a 30-second timeout. Uh, and the numbers that they've collected on their efficiency of ATOs uh, this past season with various NBA teams uh, and high school teams is off the charts. Um, so make sure you check out Lucio Sports at luciosports.com. Uh, and uh, we've got our conference coming up, our Rising Coaches Conference, the Eastern Conference uh, coming up next week, July 6th through the 7th in Atlanta. Uh, there's still time to sign up at risingcoaches.com. Uh, we just announced the first batch of speakers yesterday. Uh, we got Mike Young from Virginia Tech. We got Nate Oates from Alabama, Rob Lanier at Georgia State, Octavia Blue from Kennesaw State. Uh, it's going to be a great, great event. Uh, we're very excited about it. It's $199 to attend. If you're a member, you get $100 off. Um, so, Check us out. Make you hope, hopefully, we'll see you there. Every AAU event in the country is going to basically be in Atlanta that week. So, good chance you'll be out there anyways, uh, or you need to be out there and around the action. So, go to risingcoaches.com, check it out, sign up. Hopefully, we'll see you in person, live and in the flesh uh, next week in Atlanta. Okay, Travis, good morning, man. How are you? Man, I'm doing well. Doing well. Excited for the uh, Atlanta clinic. The, the- the Phoenix one was really good, so excited to get to Atlanta. Yeah, you know, I jokingly said, like, 
you know, extra points for anybody who comes to both events. And I really didn't think anyone was going to do it, but there's been, there's about four or five of you guys that are, have been to Phoenix and are now signed up for Atlanta as well. Um, what did you think of the Phoenix event? Oh, I thought it was well, especially once they fixed the AC. You know, it was 119 outside, so yes. it was probably 57 inside. So I was trying to find that happy balance. <laughs> it was so <laughs> great. It was great. It was great. Um, from the coaches panel, having the assistant coaches come on and really talk about their experience and the different ways that they've progressed throughout the throughout the industry. Um, from having the the mental health coach come on and her perspective on just taking care of your body and, and your mind. Um, and then having head coaches just talk about different ways and things to do in order to improve a program. It was just, it was a, it was a melting pot of information that I thought was valuable. It yeah, was good yeah, to, not be, to not be on a screen and actually be back in person. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, and that's the thing. Usually at these events, you meet so many people um, and it's, it's so many like relationships that are formed this one felt a little different because it was all these relationships that, at least for me, that I had like built over Zoom uh, that now I got to like meet face to face for the first time and shake someone's hand and and actually hang out in person. Um, was it like the same experience for you? It was. Uh, me and Menlik had built a relationship via Zoom over over the shutdown and all the different Zoom meetings and him with the running back show. Um, and then him coming on a few shows that I did through Rising Coaches <clears throat> and then to actually see each other in person. And we actually flew out together. Uh, our departure flight from from Phoenix was the same flight. But to be able to hang out in person, was it was a neat experience. It was uh, kind of like just fully connecting and making the, making the relationship come around full circle. So it was good. Did you did you have a favorite speaker? Did anyone stand out for you? Uh, I think I was. I have been through to so many clinics and been involved with so many different uh, just learning venues. I really I enjoy the coaches panel um, a lot of times because you get a variety of everyone's route. Everyone's route is just so different. And just to hear from what was three or four different perspectives was, was, was great. Um, and I, I kind of I'm biased to people that are similar to my situation. So the fact that the panel having families and their thought process on having families and decision makings that are being made um, for Atlanta. I'm excited to see Nate Oates speak. I mean, 15 years ago, he was a high school coach. Um, I just resigned from being a high school coach. But over the last 10 years, I've been a high school coach. So to go and just like how fast things can turn over was, was just big for me, just to, that relation and see if you're on the right track and making the right moves as you navigate through the profession. Absolutely. Um, you, you, uh, you just mentioned it. Like you recently resigned from being a high school coach, and I know you've been on the job hunt. Let's talk a little bit about that. How's that been for you, Travis? Like, what, what has this last, I don't know, three, four months been like? Oh man, it's been a roller coaster ride. And I, I often ask myself, like, what am I doing? Right? <laughs> you listen. There is people always say, like, set yourself up to be in good situations. Right. So now you look at things hindsight 2020 and I go back and look where at one point I got my master's degree, got head coaching experience, been at the junior college level. Then it was like, hey, you need recruiting experience. You need all these different things. Um, and then now I'm in a situation where it was like, OK, I'm going to fully commit to getting to the college level. 
right? Well, I think my family's in a perfect position to make that happen. I think I went as far as I could go as a high school coach, as far as the success that we've had and the things that I've accomplished. And I've interviewed for three head coaching positions, two assistant positions. And it's like, man, what am I just a bad interviewer or what are people looking for? Or, or is relationships just that important, the right relationships and just figuring out the balance between those things. And it's been a roller coaster because I've had guys call me and say, you the man for the job. You about to get this job. Make sure you know the top five kids you want to bring on campus. It's late. Who are you going to recruit? Uh, these are some names I have for you. And then I get a phone call two days later and it's like, I always went with a different guy. So it's well, just the highs you, and lows and a roller coaster. What do you think? Well, first of all, I think every coach can relate in terms of like going through the same struggles, questioning like what the heck am I doing? So I appreciate you talking about it in the open because not too many people do, but I know I know everybody feels the same way. Um, and then like, what do you think it is? Have you come to any conclusions like uh, or best, you know, best ways to like persevere through it? Oh, uh, I, I mean, it's an emotional I'll, toll, right? Like each single one of those things, like it's mentally draining to go through a process and and not get it. Well, you hear the stories, though. I mean, you hear work camps, uh, 10 AAU events, coach AAU. Uh, make sure you separate yourself and, and finger point one thing that you can do really well as far as video or graphics or like you hear all these scenarios of what to do. But at the end of the day, I think it comes back to who can I trust? Who do I know that I'm comfortable with and how strong is the relationship with the person that I'm interested in hiring connected to the person I want to put in this position? And that's hard. I mean, um, I interviewed for a job that well, I'll be over. I'm, I interviewed at Eastern Michigan for an assistant job where I played two division one sport. I, I was lettered in, I had seven letters there. <laughs> right. Um, the coach is there he, from the same area I'm from. Like his his brother-in-law basically was a part of my basketball development growing up. And it was like, hey, I've been out of the game so long. I need to hire all guys that's already in college. Mm -hmm. So it's like, man, the only thing that helped me back in that situation was that I, I wasn't in college. So it's, it's, a, it's a little bit of experience along with a little bit of luck and being in the right place at the right time. And there's no perfect recipe for it, no matter how much we try to figure out what the best recipe is. That's the only thing that I can get from it. The, the, the thing that I've admired about what you've done too, to put yourself in a position is you've kind of gone into the real estate world and been able to like get some cash flow in the other areas so that you can potentially like take a job that doesn't pay as much um, because you got a family. It's not like you're you're 23 and right out of college and like, you know, able to go live somewhere for 10 grand. But you found other ways to, to give yourself that flexibility. What's that yeah. been like? Is that something you recommend? If so, there were two spots that if I would have got the head coaching job, I would have recommended that every player on my team received their real estate license, right? In Ohio, my real estate license was 999 bucks. In Michigan, my real estate license was 99 bucks. Wow. A college degree costs you 60K a year. Most kids that don't go to the NBA or don't play overseas, they're going to, it's going to take them five years, five to 10 years just to pay off student loans. I sold one house and I got all my investment for getting my real estate license back. 
right? Um, the flipping part, I mean, I'm just handy. I'm, I'm self-motivated. So a lot of the things I learned early on by me and my wife just living in houses for two years and then selling them without having to pay taxes. And I just did all the work on myself, myself doing, uh, learning how to do it off YouTube. And it just became something where like, okay, we can make a lot of money from this. And it's, it's, it's really helped. And I think if you're an older coach, you have to have different avenues of income because the positions that you often get made available to are $40,000 and below. Um, so in order to survive and live comfortable, because for me, like I, I'm openly verbal, but I don't know my dad. So my number one priority is being a dad to my two sons. Like there is nothing else that comes first. And my wife, she can understand like they come before her in, in a sense um, from the standpoint of changing their lifestyle, how we move, how we navigate, um, scheduling, those type of things. So yeah, I, there's been times where I've had to say, man, I just can't do that because my sons are just that, that important to me. Um, so having the flexibility to have options with real estate has been huge. Yeah, that's great. Let's talk about some bullshit in the industry about something um, that I'm sure you like. I've noticed here uh, in the last, you know, two years, uh, like you, like we just talked about, you got a family, you're a little bit older, you're not right out of college, but you're still like determined to get into the college game. So like, you know, some of these video jobs, some of these like ops jobs, the stuff that you would like have interest in. But now I'm hearing like, you know, people reach out to us all the time, like asking for names, who should we hire, you know, whatever. Uh, and they're like, no, we want somebody like young. We want someone right out of college that's single. Like what, how are you gonna like, uh, I, I, think it's, I think it's a problem that people have these like preconceived notions of, of what they want. And like, we gotta find a candidate that fits this. And just because that they're, they're young and single, they're going to be better at their job. Uh, hours. Listen, it has nothing to do with young and single, right? It is an industry dominated by men with strong personalities that, that are my majority alpha dogs. So if I get somebody young in the industry, right? 23, 24, fresh out, maybe they played. If they didn't play, that's even better, right? Because now they think these things and these hoops and these hurdles that I have being being here at 6 a.m. and living at leaving at 10 p.m., right? I can bully you into doing that, right? I can make sure that happens. But if I get an older guy that's 32 to 35, 36, 37, been around, he probably understands the information better. He probably can help me break it down and have more of an opinion. But he has a family, so I can't run him around this rat wheel to work as long and as much as I need the other person to work. But I know all these things, so I really don't need his information. So I'm really just going to take the younger guy to do the legwork for me because I already know everything anyway. So it's, it's something from a standpoint of it's a little bit of a, a selfish bully in a lot of guys. Right. And sometimes yeah. that may, I think sometimes that make a good head coach because all head coaches are uniquely different. Right. You got to have something a little crazy with you in order to be a head coach because you're managing and dealing with so much stuff. Um, you got to be a little you got to you got to work on a different clock. But I think some of those issues and those things are ego, selfishness, um, the ability to like bully time commitment, etc. What's up, podcast fans? I want to share some information about one of our partners, Lucio Sports. 
The team at Lucio has built an integrated platform of coaching productivity and player development apps that are being used by some of the best basketball programs around the globe, helping everyone from NBA champions to youth development academies. Their innovative and competitive memorization games make it so much easier for new players and staff members to remotely get caught up to speed. With animated playbooks, drill libraries, player development planning and monitoring, engaging game plans and scouting reports, predictive play drawing, their content services team, and more, Lucio Sports has got you covered. From players to coaches to support staff and executives, use Lucio Sports to securely keep everyone in your organization on the same page with simple on-demand access to your team's entire knowledge base. For more information, check out luciosports.com. That's L-U-C-E-O sports.com. Well, and and I just think like um, you don't need to like it's basketball. Like I don't know what profession you need to be around like 18 hours a day to do a good job at what you're doing. Like you just don't need to do it. I've been on staffs where you got to sit there and sit at your desk until 10 p.m. And it's uh, most of the time I was just sitting there doing bullshitting around, just being there to to show face. Um, Yeah, I, I knew you'd have some thoughts on it and I wanted to. I wanted to, to get your opinion on it. Have you run into that? Have you like been passed up for jobs because you're you're too old? Uh, I don't know. I mean, because a lot of times it could be a lawsuit. You know what I mean? Like I can't you tell know, you. Know, yeah. you know, people think about everything. Um, I think I've been passed up for jobs because I'm not in the industry. Mm-hmm. Right. Oftentimes, I say even people ask, like, "Man, you're leaving a great job." In order to pursue college, why would you ever do that? And I said, listen, my goal when I started coaching was to be a Division One college head coach. Like, that's the ultimate goal. Like, that's where I want to be. Like, I being – standing up on that sideline is a thrill. And I've, I, I put in my mind this. You can't get in the game if you're not on the bench. So a lot of times I felt like I'm not on the bench. That's why I can't get in the game. Even with the Division Three and the NAI jobs that, I, that I've interviewed for – guys that were dobos or video guys or guys that don't have the experience of walking the sideline, calling a timeout. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. There's a lot of guys that have been hired as first time coaches that have never called a timeout before they became a first time coach. For sure. Right? They, they've never had to talk to the media after a game. They've never um, had to change up how the game plan they had a quarter and a half into the game. Like there are so many things that go with experience that are overlooked because I'm just not on the bench. I think that's more of my issue than it is age um, because quiet is kept. I can go get on the floor at Alabama right now and give anybody out there a bucket. So I think the standpoint that basketball wise, I'm still engaged. I don't think it's age. I think it's more so just not being on the bench. I just got to get on the bench somehow. Yeah. Well, I can get subbed in. You could go still give, Give buckets to everyone on Alabama's team. Man, but, let's but, go. You know, I'm like, telling you, if I can't give them a bucket, they're not gonna give me one. <laughs> you went right for the SEC champs. You didn't even start with like a like a smaller school. You went right to the top. No, I'm just because I mean, when I was when I played at Eastern, we would work out at this place called High Velocity in Canton, and I would see Nate Oates in there all the time when he was at Romulus. And every time I see him on TV, it just blows my mind. And, and I think a part of that gives me the motivation of like, man, it's still possible. You just got to wait for the right person to believe. Because it's not for me, it's not no. It's just not yes yet. 
right? Yeah. But, like I'm, I'm one yes away. It's just whatever God has is the right fit for, for it to work. And then when it works, it's going to be like wildfire. And I'm coming in, a man on a mission that's motivated. And, and with that same motiva- motivation and mission, without it being an 18-hour-a-day, surrender your family type of mindset. Like I, it's, my, my motto as a head coach, and I know as an assistant, you, can't, you, you have to surrender to what the head coach does, but less is more. I think that's how you get the most out of your players. I mean, a lot of times we go through these three or four page packets and for coaches, it helps because we can make adjustments. But as a player, you're not thinking about what's on page three when you're actually in the game. So less is more. What's the most important thing? Who's the shooters? Uh, What do we need to do as far as getting back on defense? Do we need to pick up early? Do we need to retreat and get back to the paint? Like, is, Is the point of emphasis rebounding? Like those things are important for our players and players win games. So just being on a mission to get the right players to find a way to win a championship. And a lot of people say, man, I, I passed on that guy. Yeah. Right. So. Well, you, even the, to your point of less is more, even especially like with the off the court stuff too, because I'm going back to thinking like, okay, I'm a head coach. Who would I want to hire for my staff? Why would a head coach want to hire someone that's young and single and can be around 18 hours a day? Well, they want them to be around the players and available for the players. But, man, leave those kids alone. Like, we were, we were before COVID, uh, running kids ragged. You know what I mean? Like, it's year-round. It's a year-round sport now. Like, you, as soon as the season ends, maybe you give them a week or two weeks off. And then you go right back into workouts and you take it through the summer. And then you, maybe you give them another week off or two weeks off. And then you get there in the fall and you start right back up again. Like, are you kidding me? Like, what are we doing? And then COVID hits and it forces everyone to take a break. And I think everyone was like, wow, this like this time off is really beneficial. And then it comes back. And here we are as basketball coaches doing the same shit we were doing before. Like no breaks year round. Like um, and and it's about the, you know, it's about I get it. Like. The teams that win work really hard, but I think the goal is to create a culture where like you get kids that work on their own. Like you shouldn't have to be there like breathing down their neck 24 seven. I'm getting off on all kinds of. No, but I completely completely feel you because one, what 18 year old wants to hang out with a 27 year old every day, all day. At some point, it's like, man, all right, coach, go on, get away from me. Like, give me my space. Let me be. Let me continue to be myself. And then next is like, yeah, if I'm going to be successful, I'm going to be successful because I choose to be successful, right? And a lot of those things I learned, I've learned more of as a parent. Like my ten year old, like my wife played at Michigan. She top ten scoring. I played two Division one sports. My kids have really good genes, right? How good they're going to be, I don't know. But my ten year old asked me last night, and he was like, Dad. You think I'm better at football or basketball? I said, I think as a 10-year-old, you ain't really good at shit. I said, if you never get any better, you're going to just be a really bad high school player. But when you decide to choose to work and get up and work out on your own and show up to the gym on your own and go out there and get on the ladder on your own, that's when you're going to separate yourself from the people around you. And it's no different from an 18 to 23-year-old. When they choose, okay, I'm about to walk out. I'm I'm waking up today. Hey, y'all, I'm on my way to the gym. I'm going to work on being an SEC champion. But you need kids that's self-motivated to do that on their own. Now, we got to give them a push a little bit. But 
if we constantly trying to push them while they're trying to figure it out on their own and we just draining them, now nah, you you t completely take away that self-motivation. And if I everything you know, I know, one of us is not needed. Right. So at some point, you got to give them that space to learn things on their own, to increase, in, improve the toolbox to where they can come back and say, all right, coach, I want to work on this or I want to work on that. And now we can build and grow and they feel like they are a part of the process versus just being a tool in the process. I love it. I love it. Um, Travis Lewis, free agent. Somebody call the man and give him a job. Uh, <laughs> A good job, hopefully. <laughs> I yeah, guess a good job, job is a good job. And it's a great job. Uh, what else? What else you want to talk about, Travis? Anything else on your mind? Man, no, I just listen. Like I always say, I'm so appreciative of, of the trip I made to Indianapolis five or six years ago for Rising Coaches because what you, I mean, what you do um, and just the staff up under you and around you and the people around you is genuine, right? So, and, and that's the thing that's hard to find in sport i mean in college basketball right we go meet people at the final four and and you meet people in certain places and you try to build a relationship coach happy holidays uh happy happy thanksgiving like that shit not genuine nothing about it is genuine and this has been the first platform of everything i've done over the last 12 years since i stopped playing that i've genuinely found good relationships that i think people care about those that they work with on a day-to-day -day basis or contribute to daily so I mean, it's good. And if you're not on rising coaches, you you behind the eight ball. And I think that's just that's just my PSA for the rising coaches platform. Like it is a necessity, not only for young coaches, but for coaches that's been coaching for 15, 20 years, um, high school coaches, junior college coaches, women's coaches, NBA coaches. Like I've had a chance to listen to some of the best in the industry and be able to ask them a question if I choose because of the work that you guys do. So for me, I mean, I'm just grateful for that. Um, the clinics are good and all, but like I told Menlik when we were in in, in uh, Phoenix, I said, man, I've been 50 plus clinics. Like, it's, it's nothing more you can tell me about a ball screen or a flare screen or how to run a practice that I haven't heard, but to be around the people that are learning the information and have those extra conversations and continue to build those relationships. That, that's that's the purpose in it, and it's huge, and I appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you saying all that, Travis, and, and that is what we set out to build. So I'm, it's always nice to hear that it's come to it's come to life. Um, yeah, well, Travis, as always, enjoy, enjoy catching up with you and uh, look forward to seeing you next week in Atlanta. And anybody who hasn't, hasn't and wants to sign up, you can do so at risingcoaches.com. And uh, Travis, best of luck, man. We'll be we'll be keeping tabs and, and rooting for you along the way. And I'll be there. I haven't bought my plane ticket or paid my registration fee, but I'm coming. Just know on, I'm, Travis. Just I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Travis. Take care. All right. Later.